Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Samir Kapadia, Chairman of Cardiology at Cleveland Clinic, and I'm joined by Amar Krishnaswamy. He's the head of our cardiac cath lab and structural interventionist at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you, Amar, for joining. Uh, so what we are planning to do today is to try to understand something about the tricuspid valve. So I want you to tell us that what is the real function of the tricuspid valve in our heart? Sure, so um, the right side of the heart takes blood from the body and sends it to the lungs. From the lungs, the blood goes to the left side of the heart, which then sends blood out to the body. So the tricuspid valve sits in the right side of the heart between the body and the lungs. In normal function, blood goes straight through the right heart and into the lungs. But in patients who have a regurgitant tricuspid valve, and we can talk about why that might be, the right side of the heart can't function as efficiently. So instead of just sending blood toward the lungs, blood regurgitates back to the body. As a result, patients can sometimes get short of breath because the circulation isn't as efficient. They can start to have fullness in the abdomen or even problems with the liver because the blood backs up into the liver. Sometimes people get swelling in the legs. Uh, these are all problems that are, we often refer to generically as heart failure, but with regard to the tricuspid valve specifically, we say right heart failure. So basically what I understand is that the veins drain the blood to the right side and when the valve is regurgitant, the blood comes back into the veins, so in the neck or in the liver. The tricuspid valve, is it any different compared to the mitral valve in the size or in the shape or anything that is unique to the tricuspid valve or is it the pressurized in the same way as the left-sided valves? It's an interesting point and we're of course learning a lot more about the valve uh, structure and function, especially as we learn about different ways in which we can fix it, which we're going to talk about in a little while. But the tricuspid valve has three parts to it, three leaflets compared with a mitral valve that has only two leaflets. Uh, and the function of the tricuspid valve uh, as a result um, can sometimes be more complex in terms of how to fix it. And so this is what we're trying to understand or learn about more. Uh, what are the most important things that, which are the patients that you see, because we see a lot of patients with tricuspid regurgitation. What are the most important patients we see uh, with tricuspid regurgitation, what are the symptoms, as you mentioned, that they have swelling or they have abdominal distension. But before all these things happen, what are the ways that people can come to you and prevent the problem from getting to a level where it is dangerous or where it is difficult to treat? Sure. I think this is a, an extremely important point because general medical doctors, cardiologists, everyone treats patients who could develop tricuspid regurgitation because there are so many different causes. Important things that we think about are those patients who have problem on the left side of their heart. Either the heart muscle might be weak, uh, there might be problems with the left-sided valves, either the mitral valve or the aortic valve. All of these things can cause a black up of blood in the heart, in the lungs, and then into the right heart, causing the tricuspid valve to leak or the right heart to enlarge. Another major group of patients is those patients who have atrial fibrillation, which is quite common in patients as they get older and who might have other cardiac diseases. 
because with atrial fibrillation, the top chambers, the atria, can enlarge. And when those chambers enlarge, it can cause leakage of the mitral valve and the tricuspid valve. So this is another important group. And the other group are the group of patients who have what's called pulmonary hypertension. So when the pressure in the lungs is elevated, that again causes more back pressure onto the heart and can make the tricuspid valve also leak. And there are a number of different causes of pulmonary hypertension, either heart disease or lung disease, many other uh, conditions. And so all of these patients are seen by so many different kinds of specialists that to be aware of tricuspid regurgitation as a problem for patients, I think, is important as they're navigating their own health care. No, very good. I think the other small group of patients are the patients who have a pacemaker or ICD because the wires cross through the tricuspid valve. Also, I think the very important thing to recognize is that most commonly people identify the leakage with simple tests like echocardiogram. So if you have an echocardiogram and if you have tricuspid regurgitation, even though it is not causing any ill effects, I think it is worth understanding if it is severe that something should be done or something can be done about it because sometimes the timing is everything. So if you treat them at the right time, it is better. So I think reaching out to the doctors to say if the tricuspid valve is leaking, even though it is not causing immediate symptoms, it might be worthwhile to investigate that if it is causing dilatation of the heart. What are the most common things we look for in asymptomatic patients? Is it the size of the heart or is it some other chemical things or you just follow them very closely to see if something is happening to the heart? I think, you know, from a patient perspective, what's important to understand is that as you mentioned, um, by the time that they develop symptoms, and especially as the symptoms get worse, it might be too far gone to be able to actually fix the valve with the catheter-based repair strategies that we have. And so I think that to be very watchful for the kind of symptoms that we discussed, and to mention to, uh, to your doctor, if you're having those symptoms, even if they're at a mild stage, it's always good to know about these things sooner rather than later. In addition to symptoms, especially in people who have a known history of cardiac diseases, we're very watchful with serial echocardiograms, whether it's every year or every few years, depending on the disease situation, is important to make sure that the heart isn't starting to enlarge. So that's a very important thing to keep an eye on. And, of course, surgical repair and replacement is the key at Cleveland Clinic, and we many times refer the patient for surgical valve replacement. But many of the times, the surgery is too much for this valve problem because probably this is the end result of the heart condition and people are sick when they present to us with the tricuspid valve problem. These days, we have been doing a lot of different innovative treatments of mitral valve or tricuspid valve repair and replacement. Can you just highlight for people a few of the things that we have been doing and we have been very successful at so that they understand that what are the key elements? So I think there's a lot of important points that you made there. The first is that when patients are having surgery on the tricuspid valve, usually it's because they're having surgery on another valve, and the tricuspid valve is also a problem, maybe even only to a moderate degree. So the surgeon will appropriately fix the tricuspid at the same time. But if you look at patients who just have a tricuspid problem, that surgery to do alone is very rare, maybe five or even less percent of the time overall. That's because often these patients are more sick. They might have had a cardiac surgery many years ago, and so to go through another cardiac surgery is an even bigger deal. 
And in that regard, we have a lot of wonderful opportunities just in the last few years for how we can treat patients with tricuspid regurgitation with catheter-based strategies. Most of these are uh, involving catheters that we place in the top of the thigh through the vein, the femoral vein. And some things that you and I, of course, have been involved with together um, and in multi-center trials is to use this device, the mitra clip, which is approved for treatment of the mitral valve, but we can use that to actually clip or bring together the leaflets of the tricuspid valve that don't come together well and cause it to regurgitate. There's actually a clinical trial now in which we are a, a part uh, where we'll be treating patients with the mitral, uh, mitra clip in this setting. There's another uh, trial uh, using a newer generation device called the Pascal device in which we are also participating in the trial uh, in order to uh, try to reduce patients' mitral regurgitation. There are other devices, some of which were actually created in Cleveland Clinic uh, and others uh, that were uh, made by companies outside, which are used to replace the tricuspid valve itself. So not just repair it, but replace. And so we're involved in not only the creation of those devices, but also the trial of these. But you know, the first, as just for people to know, that the first ever tricuspid valve replacement in the world was done at Cleveland Clinic uh, as a first-in-man, first valve that we were part of as you and I and Dr. Navia. Uh, we did it for the first time in humans. So this was a, a landmark treatment uh, for the patients. But you're right that now we have a lot of different options and also the ring. So you can put a ring on the valve uh, also percutaneously. So all of these options are now available. Uh, they are all in investigation. They are not, obviously, none of them are approved for clinical use. So people who are interested or people who have this as, an, as, a, as a disease state should reach out uh, to their doctors to see if they can be referred to the center with all these options. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash loveyourheartpodcast. podcast.